I am unwilling to give up, that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out, knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control, control, control. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I'm so thrilled to have my next guest here. I've been wanting her on for some time, so I'm really, really excited that we finally were able to make it work. So, Mahisha Dellinger is the founder of an incredible company called Curls, and I know you've seen it on the shelves in various locations in the past. They're also obviously available online, too, but the company has moved quickly to bring their natural, unique products around the world as well, and the Curls brand is such a great success story. As I mentioned, Mahisha has taken an idea that she was super passionate about and turned it into an excellent business with products that are absolutely awesome. And she's helped pave the way for so many multicultural hair care brands we see today. So thank you for doing that. Really, really incredible. And uh, plus, being a female founder and entrepreneur, I have a soft spot for her uh, as well. So really, really excited to have you on the show today, Mahisha. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Really excited. So before we get into hearing about Curls and the journey and building it, I would love to hear more about you and what you were doing before. I think you said you were actually from Northern California. You were in Sacramento. What were you doing prior to uh, starting Curls? Yes, I'm from um, California. I live in Dallas, Texas now. Um, But I actually worked for Intel Corporation. Um, I had worked for Intel for about eight years. I was an intern. And after my internship ended, they brought me on to continue to work throughout college. And then I, when I graduated, I had two job offers. So I took one of the two and stayed on. And after Intel, I did move on to Pfizer. But for a good chunk of my professional career, I was actually at Intel. Great experience with as far as the, the amazing, brilliant people I met. Um, so many talented people. Uh, but yes, it was a great overall experience. So did you always think you were going to become an entrepreneur and a hair care entrepreneur? I mean, what what sort of gave you the bug? Well, no, I didn't actually thought I was going to retire at Intel. I really um, had my sight on climbing that corporate ladder and doing so aggressively. And over the course of the eight years, I had some amazing mentors and managers and and colleagues. But I did run into one bad experience in the eight years I was there, it really shook me to my core. Hmm. And it was, you know, I was targeted um, from my manager at the time. And it really created a level of desperation to now control my destiny because I felt so out. I didn't have the power. I felt like I was definitely held back, controlled, deflated, defeated, and targeted. And I didn't like the fact that in any moment, I could be let go. This manager, if I can just be frank, actually targeted me for racial reasons. Reasons, And it was my first time. I 
we lived in this world when my school, my high school was integrated socially, um, also racially. My college was as well. So I didn't go into the world expecting that. But when it was face on and I experienced it like head on for the first time, I was super shook and 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 scared and shocked and just like out of control. And it really pushed me. I thought, okay, so in this moment, because this manager put me on a correct direction plan to get rid of me in six months, despite my, my stellar performance and everything, all my accomplishments, everything that I knew I did and all the accolades I got before this manager came on board. So I knew it was something more. That made me decide that I will never, ever again let my financial legacy destiny be in the palm of anyone else's hands. Because in that six-month period, I could have been let go and I would have obviously got another job later. But at the time, I was a young single mother. So I didn't have a luxury of not being employed for any amount of time. I had to have stable, consistent income coming in. Um, and so it all worked out. You know, it all worked out because it pushed me to my destiny and being an entrepreneur. That's awesome. Did you know other entrepreneurs or what sort of gave you the idea that, well, maybe this is what I want to do versus going and finding another job? Did not know a lot of entrepreneurs. I had a lot of inspiration for people I watched and different, you know, people I, I read about in Black Enterprise Magazine, you know, and different friends and people that, you know, you read about socially. But I didn't have a direct line into someone I could tap into for mentorship until a little bit later as I got going and started networking more. But what I did learn and realize, because I was a business major, marketing background, I knew that if I can tap into an untapped need and create a solution to a problem, that I could, you know, have a sustainable business. Mm -hmm. And so I, because that was my background, I said, well, what's a, you know, a market that has been, that's a target that hasn't been met. What's a problem that needs a solution? And I was a consumer and I understood that other women like myself were going natural because like in high school and middle school, relaxers and straightening your curly textured hair was a big deal. Mm -hmm. Everyone wanted to assimilate and be like the masses, right? But we were going back to our natural hair. Many women were going back, Latina, Black, et cetera, were going back to their natural texture that God graced them with. And But we lacked the products to help us care for that hair. And I knew that I lacked the products because I was on that journey. And I did my research to see if there were others like myself that also were transitioning back. And we saw that it was a movement. It was not a trend of fat. It was a movement happening. So we launched on the cusp of that relaxed, relaxed ourselves going down, back to natural going up. And Curl's one of the first brands that created solutions for women like myself. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. 
Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning, too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long, Term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is The Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell, or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of the Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for the Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com 
Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. So it's one thing to enjoy uh, hair products and and see that there's a product missing. I, I find myself doing that a lot. It's another thing to make that decision. I'm going to go and do this. I'm going to go and create this product. Uh, you had also worked at Intel, which, you know, much more of a obviously different industry, but also a service. You, uh, you know, that is, uh, it, it, I guess, you know, very different in, in the net of it. Mm-hmm. it uh, and so what was it like, what was the first step for you in actually thinking, okay, I'm going to go do this. Were you Googling around? Were you calling around? What was, I'd love the visual of you trying to figure this out. Well, my husband, fiance at the time, now my husband took me on a vacation to Santa Barbara for my birthday. We went to Santa Barbara. We were at a beautiful restaurant, you know, and on the water. And I was just fantasizing, dreaming, thinking, what am I going to do? I had so many ideas and I had a napkin. I dropped all of them down on one napkin. And one was very similar to the American girl concept, right? Mm. All right. That was a great one. American girl it was crazy. It's successful. Um, but a big one that stood out and my husband mentioned it to my fiance at the time that Mahisha, you're always searching for products. So why don't you create your own? Like you have so much stuff under your sink. Like, why aren't you doing this yourself? So that was one of the ideas that we jotted down. So over that birthday dinner, we came up with the name, some of the first initial product names, what they would look like, what they would have, what they wouldn't have. And that Monday when I back, went back to work, I was in the conference room at lunch, taking a break solo and started to do my research. So it started with ideation over dinner on a napkin to come back, I came back to the office on Monday, took my hour lunch, went into a conference room, started doing my due diligence and created a plan over time. You know, I knew I'd write a business plan. Again, I'm a marketing business major. So I have a marketing plan, a business plan, and all the things I knew I would need, I started to work on. The first thing I was working on, obviously, was getting a cosmetic chemist mm-hmm. to get and to create the recipe, you know, the formulas, the products I'm going to actually sell. And while he was taking his nine months to create the products, it was a lot of back and forth testing. He would send me samples. I was in edits. He would send other samples. I was in additional edits. So that was a nine-month R&D process. And while he was doing that, I was also working on the logo, the website, the copy, the design of the labels, the bottle selections, finding the co-packer that actually would make my formula, take it, and fill it for me, right? So- all the legwork was happening while we were perfecting all of the formulas. And so we launched on April 2nd, back in 2002. It was like 100% e-commerce. I flipped the switch on to the website. And that day I was so happy. I got eight orders. I was like, eight orders. I was so happy. Yeah. I remember that day being like a big deal. Um, Yeah. So that's how it all started. I love it. So how long did it take from the time from that dinner on uh, jotting down things on a napkin to actually launching your first product? That was about a nine month, 11 month process. Okay. Yeah. It was a lot of time because I spent the time working on R&D, getting all my business ideas and things in order. 
as we were working the final prototype. So we it took about nine to 11 months and we were 100% e-commerce for a while, but it, it was a great journey. So how would you describe Curls to anyone who isn't familiar with it? And why is your brand so unique still to this day? Yeah, so Curls is all about giving solutions for every natural woman and girl embrace their natural curls. So if you're embracing your natural texture, curls, kinks, then we are the company for you. You know, there's so many brands out there that are helping you straighten your hair, change your texture, make you look more like XYZ Celebrity. You know, we want to help you stay where you are, but make it beautiful and help you see the beauty of your natural texture. And that comes with the right grooming products. And what keeps us unique and why we are still on top is because we really do, one, create formulas that meet the different needs of our consumers. We continue to go with her on her journey. So we started with just products for adults. We added products for kids and for babies. So from cradle to grave, we have you covered. We also formulate with ingredients that have a science story behind them, not just fluff, not just fillers, but really science-backed backed and um, science-backed and clinical proven ingredients. We always work with ingredient stories like blueberry, right? Blueberry extract is one of the top, our blueberry collection is our top selling collection. And blueberry extract actually is clinically proven to restore damage, prevent breakage and encourage hair growth. So we took that one ingredient and created a whole collection. It smells phenomenal, performs well. It has to perform for women to love it, smell great, and also and also actually have some goodness, right? Going to do something good for their hair. So that's our trifecta. Smell good, perform, and have something that's going to make the hair better. Make it either stronger, healthier, longer, all the things better. So what was the first product that you launched with? There were four products. We had a a hydrating shampoo, a deep conditioner, a curl refresher, and a curl lotion. Just the four. Just the four. And do you, are they still, you still have those four? Um, you know, the four original four kind of um, progressed and the names aren't the same. The products aren't the same. Uh, it's been 20 years, 21 years. So I don't think any of them have that same base. We've evolved quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. We actually ask people... As we start to see the benefits of key ingredients and the issues with some others, we had to adapt. And that's one thing that keeps us competitive. We keep adapting. You can't stay the same. You have to evolve or you'll dissolve. So we make sure that we keep evolving with our consumer. So right now, for example, our consumers, coconut oil used to be an amazing oil. People loved it. Oh, we want it in everything. Now the curly girl's like, whoa, coconut oil isn't good for our hair. So we have coconut-based products in some of our ingredients or some of our ingredient decks. So we have to evolve away from that. So we have to evolve as we continue to learn and as our consumers' demands change. So interesting. So you were one of the first in the market in, I mean, you created a category. I know that firsthand uh, when I started my company, Hint. It was close to 20. We were 18 years ago. And, uh, you know, it's a unsweetened flavored water sounds easy. It's not that easy to make uh, and created a product that doesn't have any preservatives in it, but also we were doing something that no one else thought was important to do. And uh, I love it. I love it. I love your your water. I had it for the first time. I was doing a 
a conference and they sent it to me in my back. Oh, and it was a business conference. Um, and I was like, and that was my first exposure. It was like a few years ago. And I was like, this is amazing. Thank you. you. Thank you. But I, I think like the hardest thing was, you know, we had two customers. We had to explain it to the consumer what we were doing, but then we also had to explain it to the buyer at the stores, the gatekeepers, I call them, you know, and saying, we're a unsweetened flavored water. There's no one like us. And they were like, well, if there's no one like you, then maybe the category isn't that important. And I bet you had the exact same issue. I did. You know what's funny? Um, the the store I first pitched was Ulta Beauty. Hmm. And the very first store, I probably shouldn't have been in stores yet. It was like month six. I wasn't ready, but I remember still pitching. Very, very happy to have my brand out there and excited. And everyone wants to hear about this. I have to tell the world. I went to Ulta Beauty and I did pitch Chuck Barth, the buyer then, who was a, a older gentleman um, without hair and didn't buy really for our, our category. He said, I don't see a need for this. There's no need for this in my stores. And he kept saying that year after year. I pitched him every single year. No need for your products in my store. I don't see the worth or the benefit. So full circle, they reached out to us years later after, of course, they've evolved and Chuck retired and they brought in new fresh blood and they saw that this industry was actually viable. But yes, I had to continue to go back and back year after year after year. I did not give up on that. I wanted to be an Ulta. And they didn't see the value. Well, the buyer didn't see the, buy- the value. Yeah. So I always tell people when uh, we had our first competition, the first unsweetened flavored water that came out, um, you know, I thought I needed to go buy a coffin, right? It a- happened to be Coca-Cola that came in and decided to knock us off. Uh, and, you know, what I realized was that it definitely was a disruption uh, for about six months. But then buyers came back to us because they said, actually, this is a better product. And these guys are the category leader. So it actually expanded what I was doing. So I thought totally differently about competition. I'm so curious how you felt when people started coming into your space. You know, there's not a lot you can do to stop them. But it's you just have to be better and focus on you and and your company. But I'd love to hear yes. your perspective on that. Yeah, what a story for you. Oh, my gosh, I can imagine only how that must have felt. And that, for me, says, you know, flattery, imitation of the greatest form of flattery. So they, someone that big came after you, that's kudos to you. <laughs> they, saw, they saw your value. Uh, for me, yes, I do see, we've seen an influx. So when we first started, it was a smaller category. And it has continued to grow and grow and grow. And now it's saturated to some degree. But, you know, it does keep competition is great to keep you on your toes, keeps you competitive, keeps you innovative. And you either evolve, like I said before, or you dissolve. Survival of the fittest. So you have to bring your best. You cannot stay stagnant. You have to continue to do what's great and what your core audience needs. Not get distracted, though, because sometimes you can see your competition on your left and the right and think I should shift gears or mm-hmm. mimic that or change this and you can get distracted by looking at your surroundings a little much but i do think the overall benefit does help the consumer because it's what when we have so many players in the market we're all gonna level up and that's what i'm seeing in our category we're all leveling up and we all create this power of this network because now all of these retailers want these brands so it's a power play i think and it's been beneficial for the end consumer. 
Definitely. Definitely. So funding a company is often super tough for first-time entrepreneurs, even if you've worked at Intel or, uh, in my case, in tech at at America Online, where, you know, it, it really doesn't matter. It's tough, right? People, especially when you're launching a new product for you're a first-time entrepreneur. Maybe you're launching an entirely new category. It's really tough, coupled with uh, multicultural women, too. I mean, it's it, it's the odds are even tougher. So what would you say was kind of the, do you have any stories? What was your wake-up call? What? How did you get it done, ultimately? Because you funded the company. How did you fund it? Well, I, you know, I thought I was going to get a uh, either a business loan, a line of credit, but despite having a great business plan that obviously was successful <laughs> and exceptional personal credit, I couldn't get either one of them. And funding for minority businesses back then was extremely rare and it's much better now. The opportunities are much more grand now that you get actually chances are getting funding are better. But back 20 years ago, 22 years ago, it was really hard. Mm-hmm. So I did not get any funding. I used personal savings. And what I did was I actually started smaller than I had hoped because of that fact. But I also kept a day job. I wound up leaving Intel and I always recommend this to my mentees. I left Intel because I couldn't do a, you know, that job at that level because it's intense at Intel and run a business. So I went to sell pharmaceuticals for Pfizer. And that gave me the flexibility of Seeing all my doctors by a certain time, I was very efficient with my time. I was the first rep in the offices, and I was able to get all my eight doctors seen by noon. So I would, I would jam to get that done and then come home and work on curls. So I kept my salary for the house and you know my family, and every dime curls made, I reinvested back in the brand. So that's what I did. I had to do, grow it organically, slower over time, of course, but without any debt, without any equity, you know, given away, I actually did it over time by myself with my own personal money. That's awesome. So you must like look back on that. I'm sure it was challenging, right? You had a a small child, right? You were like trying to, you were uh, just getting married. I mean, lots of things were going on for you and starting a new company. I mean, it's, uh, I, I think just looking back on those days, it's not that they aren't hard, but they're doable. And I think stories like yours uh, need to be told because I think it inspires more and more people to know that you can do it. It's hard. It's not easy. You have to get creative, but you can do it. It's hard. I want to say I had three at that time. So I had my, by this time I'm married and I had two back to back. Oh my and God. the third one was was a blessing, wasn't planned, but it was a blessing. Yeah. So it was it was a lot going on. Yeah. That's wild. So being an entrepreneur is brutal, as we were just sharing. Uh, and we both know developing something new that the consumer isn't used to having has its challenges. How did you get the word out about what you were doing? I remember you were, were saying your eight the first eight uh people ordered. I mean, you were like, woo! So, you know, just so excited. I get it. But how did people know that you were available at that time? So, yes, we were 100% e-commerce. So we did a lot and also self-funded. So didn't have a large marketing budget, right? I I did a lot of guerrilla marketing tactics. I had to go where the consumer was. I didn't have money for TV commercials. 
ads. I had to go to very targeted places where they were. Lots of events, mm-hmm. lots of sampling. Um, and think about back then, there were a lot of chat groups. So naturally, curly.com was a place that women only went to talk about their curly hair, their problems, their solutions, what products they're using, what type they had, what they're, you know, how they're styling their hair. And it was a mecca, a worldwide mecca. And I did a lot with naturallycurly.com um, and a lot of sampling through them, but really going to events in different cities and having street team ambassadors represent us at different in different cities at different events. So not just like hair shows, because that's where other hair brands would be, but just think of where our consumer would be on a natural Saturday. So if she's at like today's day, if she's at a Beyonce concert, then our girls are outside after passing out the new products I want them to try and tell them to go to Target to get it or Ulta or CVS or Walmart. So we do a lot of on the, and then as well on the ground activations to go where our consumer is. So a lot of sampling going where she is and getting her to repeat buy. And so not those little pitly little small samples. No, curly girls have a lot of hair. So we're talking premium to two ounces. So you can actually experience the product. And that was the basis for us to really get going and elevate it and growth. Because once I knew, once they tried it, they would love it. And that's what it took. And that's what we did. Your story is so similar to ours in the early days that we always, uh, we went out to events and and gave out, thought about where our consumer was and and gave out bottles. We never gave out small samples because if people... uh, had just had sugar right before they drank our product, they were like, uh, I don't taste anything, right? So you couldn't determine uh, th- their palate needed to be cleansed before they had any more of it. And so uh, to, so to your point that you gave out larger sizes so that people could actually experience it, very, very similar. And our entire marketing budget actually went towards product sampling in the first few years. Yes. Um, so yep. very, very, very similar. So I love you launched an incredible give back initiative uh, called the called Black Women Making Millions Academy. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yes, thank you, thank you. Um, that is so near and dear to my heart because, like I mentioned earlier, I didn't have the support, the resources, the access early on. So now that I've learned the ropes and have experience and have the knowledge bank and have the people that can help, I wanted to create a way to help those like myself. I had a show on OWN, Mind Your Business with Mahisha, that helped women, right? So we did that for, you know, 10 women on the show. But once it wrapped, I wanted to help on a larger scale because I was getting lots of requests for one-on-one mentorship. But obviously, one person, I can't do that. So I thought, how can I bring this show's element on steroids and help the masses? And that's how it was born. So before COVID, we were doing lots of in-person events and we kicked it off with a four-day amazing retreat. It was full of workshops, breakout sessions. Uh, we had evening events and morning meditation. And and we had panel uh, power panels and all kinds of amazing things for four days. And we had it divvied up by whatever part of the your entrepreneur tra- track you're on. So beginners, growth level, also people looking for, um, um, for funding. We had it broken into tracks. So it was very well- thought out, organized, planned, and we sold out in 30 minutes. We turned on that switch. 30 minutes, all the tickets are gone. So from that point on, we started to do regional events where I would go locally to different areas with local people that were also business leaders to help people in that area. 
And then once COVID hit, we went to virtual, right? And everyone's zoomed out now. I mean, we're kind of done with Zoom. It's like, oh my gosh, Zoom overload. So now we're going back live in August, August in Atlanta. We're bringing it back where we're actually, uh, tickets are up for sale now. If you follow Black Women Making Millions Academy, you can find how to get tickets. Um, we just turned the switch on. We have a lot more seats available and we're doing the same thing again. But this day, this time it's only two days um, and it's local. That's yeah. great. So I'm excited. This is really my goal because a big piece of my DNA as a person and my brand is to give back. So we have a goal of helping 25,000 businesses in a year. That's so great. we are tracking to do so based on all the individual classes we've been doing on Zoom, um, which we were doing weekend, every weekend classes, every single weekend since, wow. since COVID started. Yes. That's amazing. That's, that's, uh, that's a lot of work. Right. It, it really is. And it's not just yeah. uh, I mean, I think that just the idea that you're taking time to do that is just really inspiring, too. So it's uh, I'm sure you've helped a, a lot of people uh, along the way. What in general are people in need of? I, you talked about the different tracks, but do you think people do they come with an idea and they just don't know how to do it? Or are people like looking for ideas or where what do you think is sort of the the kind of the the wall that prevents them from actually going out and, and starting something today? So we have everyone that comes, they're already either an entrepreneur or want to be an entrepreneur, so they have those challenges. So the startup track, there's a come up track and a blow up track. The startup is a brand new entrepreneur looking to start everything she needs to start her business from top to bottom. And then the come up is track is the woman who is actually already operating but needs help blowing it up and actually you know scaling mm -hmm. and last track which is the blow up they're actually looking for funding and need assistance with financing so they all are different people different audiences different needs so for the startup she is at the starting point and needs hand-holding in a lot of ways right so that's a different level of need from the woman that's actually for funding so for funding the challenge is do I get a business partner? Do I go after a loan? Do how do angel investors? Where do I go? How do I do my pitch? How do I create a pitch? Um, should I even have an investor? Not everyone should, you know. So knowing how to, to decipher where you should be, and knowing not all money is good money, so helping them through that journey because that's also critical. So having the people help her navigate that world, and for the startup, they're really just needing to know first of all making sure you have a business plan. That's a big piece because when I did my show, nine out of 10 of the ladies did not have business plans. Did not, and that is critical for success because if you don't have a roadmap, how do you know where you're going? Mm -hmm. So for that track startup, we make sure that they have the foundational work done. And that's what they sometimes don't even know they need, right? And so the mid track is a lady who's already, you know, which is a come up, she's already operating, but she doesn't know how to scale, right? So how do you scale the business? What resources are needed? So it's really operating all these three and bringing the right people to assist all three journeys. And that's what we do well. And finding those speakers, those workshops, those classes to help all three independent individual entrepreneurial journeys. So last question, what's the best advice that you've ever received in, in life or in business that has that you kind of come back to on those challenging days that you uh, maybe remind yourself a bit uh, to give yourself a little bit of motivation. 
Well, a few. Um, the biggest one is not about um, really making money or about m- being a mentor, being men- mentored. It's really something for your, I the, the advice I got that was the most beneficial for me. It's all around mental health because as an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur, you get go through so many peaks and valleys, highs and lows, challenges and obstacles and yeses and lots of noes. So that your mental health can be compromised and keeping the first thing first, which knowing that fam is first um, before business is a big thing for me. So for me, God first, family second, business third, reminded to keep that order and keep perspective. But the second piece of advice was to remember that failure isn't final, it's a lesson. Now that one is easier said than done. Sounds great on paper, right? But it's not as easy when you have birthed something and it's like your fifth child because I have four children now and you see something go wrong and you make a loss, temporary lesson, um, to not internalize it. So I think for me, it's all been about balance, mental health, and keeping things in perspective. Those two pieces of advice helped me tremendously through the trying times. I love it. Well, Mahisha, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing. And everybody needs to go and uh, buy some curls and uh, definitely check it out. It's uh, it's an incredible product. It, it products, the blueberry in particular. Um, and you're right. It smells so good. It's uh, really, really yummy. Uh, but also just I always love products even more when I understand the founding story and and uh, meet an incredible founder like you, especially one that's giving back as you are. So thank you again for joining us. And we'll have all the info Absolutely. that we talked about in the show notes. So thank you, everyone, too, for listening and have a great rest of the week. Thanks again for listening to The Kara Golden Show. If you would, please give us a review and feel free to share this podcast with others who would benefit. And of course, feel free to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of our podcast. Just a reminder that I can be found on all platforms at Kara Golden. And if you want to hear more about my journey, I hope you will have a listen or pick up a copy of my book, Undaunted, which I share my journey including founding and building Hint. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And thanks everyone for listening. Have a great rest of the week and 2023 and goodbye for now. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. 
You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Kara Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.